Welcome to She Critiques, where we discuss the new, the old, all things cinema. I'm Mercedes, television producer, certified reviewer, and all-around movie buff. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Well, welcome back to another episode. Thank you all for coming along this journey with me in the She Critiques podcast. So on this episode, I have a good friend of mine. Um, friend of the family and continued has been a part of my life for decades at this point, Alicia Fajardo Johnson. Um, we had so much fun discussing the film, The Five Heartbeats. If you're anything like me around the holidays, I get a little nostalgic. I want to hear, you know, I want to hear music that I've grown up on. I want to see movies that I've grown up on. And The Five Heartbeats is just a classic film directed by none other than the great Robert Townsend. And I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. So here it is, myself and Alicia Johnson discussing the five heartbeats. And happy holidays. I see. Like <laughs> you're trying to have my life together, girl. Listen, um, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. No complaints. No complaints at all. Uh, my phone is silent. Yes. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. Thank you for the invite. I'm excited. Yes, it's gonna be fun. I'm. It's very lax. It's very like you love the movie. I love the movie. Let's just talk about it. So absolutely. Yes. First of all, welcome to the She Critiques podcast. We know each other, so it's easy to just go into conversation. But welcome officially. <laughs> um, yes. Thank you for having me. Yes. Well, let me introduce you to the people. I know okay. you as Alicia Fajarda. I don't even know your new last name. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, it's formerly Alicia Fajardo. I don't even know my ring on. Oh my God, my ring is downstairs. I was washing dishes. <laughs> um, but my new last name is Johnson. Johnson. Okay. That's easier to pronounce, actually. So Exactly. But now it's like people, like, I always struggle with people calling me Alicia instead of Alicia. But when they heard the Fajardo, they was like, okay, we know some Spanish in this, is in there. So maybe it is Alicia. <laughs> Now they're like, girl, your name Alicia Johnson. Cut it out. So I'm trying to put a little fancy on it. Your name Alicia Johnson. Put a little asterisk on it or something. Right. They're like, girl, you ain't special. Yes. And I'm, well, first of all, we're, from, we're birthed from Jersey. I know Alicia from New Jersey back in the day. It, 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 I'm sure the story will come out throughout some type of way because I do got a question that I'm going to tie into. Ooh. I've seen you and Ebony do in the past. but Oh, 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 Lord. <laughs> that's either here nor there. Um, well, also, you have the Beauty Nomad. You're a stylist, and you have your own uh, beauty business online, right? So tell the people yeah, where they can so find your stuff. I have been in the hair industry for over 20 years, starting out back in Jersey in my cosmetology program, and then going on to um, do salons and various areas. And then from there, I went into celebrity clientele, um, magazines, you know, editorial things of that nature. And then now I am retired from that life <laughs> and I own a, a beauty supply business. It is online. We ship nationwide called the Beauty Nomad. And we just bring beauty to you, making beauty a lot more accessible um, and giving you the opportunity to get your beauty supplies from someone who looks like you. Yes, I heard. I have one Black-owned beauty supply store near me that I'm always like, I will travel out the way if I'm even not home. So I'm, I got to go over here because they know exactly what I need and I want to support a exactly. Black-owned beauty supply. There's no even nice way to even say it. So, right. Yes. And with all that said, 
Okay, so the She Critiques podcast, of course, we talk film. I reached out to Alicia. Uh, we do have some history, and I just asked her what kind of film, what film she wants to talk about. And I think I pitched, um, what movie did I say? I said uh, Soul Food, right, just because Thanksgiving had passed. And you were like, well, I like The Five Heartbeats. And I was like, you know what? I could get with the five heartbeats. I could all the way get with the five heartbeats. One but- of my all-time faves, like ever, <laughs> ever, 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 ever. What is it that you love about the five heartbeats? I mean, it's a classic. It is a classic. Um, I think it embodies black culture, you know, um, especially in the music and industry world. It shows a lot of the struggles that we go through, um, trying to break into the industry, even when you have the talent, even when you have the connections, even when you're doing the right things, how they continually change the goalposts. Um, So everybody can relate to that. And then everybody can relate to a redemption story. So I love that as well. Yes. So, okay, for brief history for everyone else, The Five Heartbeats came out in 1991. It's a classic film starring Robert Townsend, Leon, Tico Wells, Michael Wright, Harry Lennox. Um, it's written by Robert Townsend and Keenan Ivory Waves and directed by Robert Townsend. And you even saying that, you know, uh, showing how hard it is for Black people to break into the industry. Robert Townsend talked about that. Like him writing this film, this is the first time he funded his own film because Hollywood wouldn't give him the stamp or the green light to do this movie. And clearly, I mean, we all loved it. It hit with the black audiences. It didn't do well in the box office, but it's a classic to this. Not all good films. Go ahead, go ahead. No, because you told me this, all right, when we were chatting about what we want to talk about, you was like, oh, and they have the documentary on it. And I heard about it. Me and my husband both loved the movie. Me and my husband both loved Robert Townsend. So we wanted to see it, but I like completely forgot about it. I feel like that wasn't even promoted as much as this should have been. But you told me, I was like, oh my God, I've been wanting to watch it. So I went through all kinds of limbs to find it, found it and watched it. And I was just like, oh my God, I'm glad I watched it before we talked because it really speaks to all the things that we're mentioning now even more so yes like the behind the scenes story sometimes be more interesting than them actually making movies like the movie is amazing but then when you figure out all the stuff he had to do just to get the movie made and then you gotta fix like you gotta pay for it himself now because Hollywood is just not gonna open the door for every black man who say they got a good script so exactly and like I didn't know I didn't know Keenan Ivory Reigns wasn't involved but I was like okay makes Makes sense sense. then Uh the behind the scenes documentary showed all the people that originally they wanted to be in it I was like that is so dope and then they went (laughs) on to be in the living color I was just like it's just black excellence just make you feel good the movie makes you feel good it really and then the documentary had me emotional like i was like i can't be crying before the uh podcast my eyes gonna be all red yes well you know what because that that even makes me make a little bit not even a a sharp right turn to like following dreams as well because i feel like yes and sometimes for and especially when you're funding it yourself that's a get close because <laughs> you like it was an emotional film and people are like well it's a documentary it, it's not even about it's not even about that you just gotta know that when you try when you are your own trajectory and you funding it yourself and you got a dream that you're trying and a to vision have, and nobody else see your vision but you right so i don't even know who you gonna get right into it so i don't know what direction you want to go so i don't want to go you know jumping the gun so i'm gonna let you take the lead because i got a lot to say <laughs> Well, first of all, for the concept, let's, if you want to add to that, we can, because I'm going to go into the concept of the film. 
I'm just adding to that, like the documentary, if you have watched this film at any point and if you love the film, like I love the film, it's a must watch. Like it just makes you love the film even more and respect, put some respect on yes. Robert Townsend's name. Like it just really skyrockets him. He, he needs all the flowers and praise. He's done amazing work in the industry, but just seeing what he did to break, break through with this film and bring it to fruition was just like super dope and inspiring. I'm like, all right, I'm inspired. I'm ready to go. Let's go. We're going we to circle back to that because I know you, you're chasing a vision and I'm chasing a vision and that's always a good, a good talk mm-hmm. to so for the concept of the film, the concept of the film, he was saying that he wanted, you know, he had this spark of inspiration seeing all these older groups, you know, the Dells, the Temptations, and like, where are they now? And they have all these stories of being on the road, being on the Chitlin circuit, and all that jazz, and, and really trying to come up in the music industry. When I thought of, okay, so I thought about this, right? Because everybody knows that there's a, a big storyline in the film is between Duck and his brother JT. Mm-hmm. and both of them being in love with Tanya, right? So I'm like, you know, okay, sleeping with the same woman or secretly seeing the same one. I'm like, well, what does that happen today? And it literally, B2K with April and Fizz and Mario. Wait, I ain't even keep you bring that full, listen, it, ha- it be like that sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I want, la- ladies, ladies, I just want better for us. I just want better for us. Like, come on now, come on now. I really thought like a bump, bump, bump. Yes, I really thought I'm like, wait, does that still happen? And this was on the big everybody knew about. So this is not far fetched. This is what was happening in these groups in the 50s, we in the 2009. And you know what? My husband, (laughs) he always says this. He's like, by Faith Evans, because he's mad that Faith Evans got with Stevie at the biggie. He's like, by Faith Evans. Right. And I mean Yes, they was throwing shade at Faith too for saying that she was with Pac and then you know, but that the sad part is, a girl. I feel like these conversations could go anywhere because I feel like the sad part is women in the industry as well. Men feel like they could just pass them around if you are trying to make your way up. That's a whole. And also, I feel like men don't get the same label that women get when they date from person to person that's affiliated because you prime example what's going on present day. I think um allegedly sweetie was talking to little baby and then quavo made the comment oh it's cool we could just switch uh oh sorry sorry, is this an outfit is this a pair of shoes is it like am i not human so men get this glorified ah we switching it's whatever i'm bouncing around i'm that dude but women get this you're a whore uh huh. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on here, but it's like you're. You know, you're 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 trash. You're horrible. You're bouncing around for many minutes. So it's like I can't I can't be too mad at you know what I mean. Anybody trying to do what they got to do to come up because these men definitely do the same thing. It's a child. Remember when um <laughs> LeBron James' teammate was with his mama. Mm, mm, I ain't gonna say it. I ain't say it. She said it. I ain't say it. she said it. <laughs> But it's so it's the truth, but I do think the sad part is that the industry does kind of put women in the um in the box of like you only here for one reason. You might be able to hum a little note, nah, 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 nah. but uh, what else did you bring into the to the studio, sis? Okay, what else you bring to the studio and bring your friends while you at it? Like, it <laughs> okay, I was about to say somebody's name, and I'm glad I didn't because it's just too many stories about women in the industry. But I'm a, that's one one storyline in the film. 
You want to talk a little bit about choir? Let's talk about Choir Boy. We had Eddie Kane. Which one you want to talk about? Who who had a good story? Listen, okay. I love me some Eddie Kane. First of all, the way that I quote this movie still to present day, okay? Like, first of all, the way Eddie Kane came sliding in, I be quoting that all the time. Like, I'm sliding in last minute like Eddie Kane in the five heartbeats. I, I quote, like, okay? That's my life. Procrastination. But I'm going to get there and I'm going to hold it down. <laughs> I love Eddie Kane. He's been through a lot to see him, you know what I mean, come full circle. Yes. But we can't forget his notorious lines in the film. <laughs> like, because I had one, one, maybe two drinks. I'm an alcoholic now. Like, I quote Eddie Kane all the time. Like, <laughs> okay, so I love you some Eddie. And then it's Shazam, nice like this. I wish, like, come on now, cut it out. We all out here quote with Eddie Kane. He is yes. I was, you know what? Then bring. I'm thinking of the scene of when he did come out there and when he was singing that. He didn't say this line, but it does parallel to me with uh in the Temptations. He said, "Ain't nobody coming to see you, Otis." <laughs> oh yeah, and in the movie, that's when he was talking to uh Flash. He said, "You want my foot spot, Flash? Well, you can't get it because you ain't got it." And that was like, period, Eddie. Yeah, you could take my spot, but you could never be me. Yeah, and I was like, listen, that movie is full of inspirational quotes. It's an inspirational yes. movie. And I was gonna say too, you know what? Um, just speaking of like with musicians or artists having issues with drugs on the road or not, that has always been a plague in Hollywood with fame. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You, this is just a woman or woman kind. I don't know what it is about the industry or the limelight that drives people to drugs, alcohol. Like, I don't know what that is. Like, I Well, I think that it's thoroughly uh, intertwined into the industry. And if we want to get real deep, there's a lot of things that are really sad and, and, and bad that are intertwined into the industry, industry right. that are kept at bay and not really talked about, not talked about how there are people who are living clean and sober, never touched a drug or drinking and they get into the industry. If you think about DMX's story, I know he wasn't in the industry yet, but he talked about how somebody, you know, laced one of his blunts. Like, so it's just like, you are around so many people, so many people got their hand in what you got going on. There's so much mental health anguish and, and issues that you're probably going through from going yeah. from a regular person to a superstar that I do think that you know people find different ways to cope not to mention the party and not to mention this day and age you got the sponsorships and you got the you getting flued out and you going to the club and you going to events like it's a constant party and if yeah. you don't know how to be like no thanks right right that ain't you got that willpower and that strength or god forbid if you were already struggling with something it could easily be a recipe for disaster Yes, and I, that's another reason for that five, with the five heartbeats, I feel like for him, for Robert Tomlinson to have written this and King Island Waves, let me not take that from him too, but for them to have written this at least late 80s, early 90s, and it's still extremely prevalent, it's been prevalent. They're not telling a new story. Right. These are old stories that continue to go on. It's, these, these are old stories, and that's why it's timeless. It's a timeless movie because it's stuff that we're going to continue to see every day, all day. And bringing it back to the documentary, you know, I don't want to give it away. I want y'all to go watch, but bringing it back to the documentary, he talks about someone who he met later, years later after the film came out that said his movie, when he saw the film, he was like, I was high on heroin at the time and I quit. 
from seeing the story of Eddie Kane. So I was like, I thought that was powerful. And that speaks to how important it is to tell your story the way you need to tell your story because you never know who you could be touching. But I do think it is sad that this storyline is so timeless and still going on to this day. Yes, and I don't know if it was in a documentary or if I saw an interview with Robert Townsend talking about, you know, Denzel was going to be Eddie Kane originally. Because I don't know if he would have pulled it off. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie will forever be Eddie. He will forever be Eddie. Yes. He had that. He had that. He that was his role. Yes. Was, I don't think I don't remember seeing him in anything else, but he always gonna be Eddie Kane. Always. True, true. And then we have Choir Boy. Choir Boy was um, I feel like it's always one of them in the group too, who holds it on tight to that Bible. Somebody <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. got to pray for us. <laughs> then by the end of it, they just as corrupt. No, I can't. Choir boy said, he's on down, he's on down the road. <laughs> Yeah, choir boy JT is always that bass player. Dresser was the bass player. So it was all these roles, I feel like, were the standard blueprint for any of your 50s, 60s male groups. And they had to dance. They had to be on the... And I thought it was so interesting that Robert Townsend said he couldn't dance. And I was like, wow, like, you couldn't tell. Like, I, I I just was very shocked by that. Yes. So music in the film... Favorite song in the film, what would you say? It's hard, girl. Like, when you ask me what's my favorite scene or what's my favorite song, it's it's very hard because I'm telling you, I'm singing all of them. Yes. Verbatim, okay? But I just really think it has to go to, ooh. <laughs> I mean, nice like this, I wish, like, that one was... A- is there a heart in the house tonight? I don't know. I don't think I could choose. I, don't think I, could choose. I will say, I feel like um, what it is, for me, it's a heart in the house tonight. I th- and I have the scene queued up, but it's all right. We know it well enough. Yeah. Uh, you first of all, because you can't even say the name of the songs unless you're singing them. You got to just... Up. <laughs> Let me know if you... Listen, but that one I think is such a good song because of the scene where they tried to play them and they yes. tried to give them a janky musician and then the whole thing came together. So I think that that song was really like the breakthrough song for them. So I think that that's yes. why it's so great. But I feel like each song is tied to a scene because we all know when Little Sis came through and they did the scene there, that song. You couldn't tell me I wasn't her. You couldn't tell me I wasn't the little sister in the movie. I, that. Let me tell you something. Cause that little girl was singing like, first of all, like the old folks say, like she been here before. Like she <laughs> 62 in the yeah. church. Yeah, what was you gonna say about that scene? So I have a funny thing when I was thinking about, I was like, what's my favorite scene? Once again, a very, very, very hard choice. Cause like I said, I quote so many things from the film, but I had to say it was this one. Cause one, you could not tell me that I wasn't that little girl. Like, you couldn't tell me that that was in my role. Like I was like, okay, do y'all need me to sign autographs? Like we going on tour. What is it? Cause that's me. Right. Second of all, my mom has a video. She just showed me this recently too, of me and my brother performing this in the living room and he's running around grabbing stuff and showing it to me. It's oh, the funniest God. thing ever. So I'm telling you like this movie is ingrained in my life. Like when I went to college, I brought the, the, the VHS tape. Not VHS. I can't. <laughs> don't do, don't do me. I ain't that old. Don't do me. But I want to, cause I had a DVD VHS 
couple things together and I had the VHS tape and I brought it with me to college and me and my college roommate we used to watch it just like back to back like just oh my back God. to back it's so. a classic class and that is by far one of the most classic black scenes in movie tv history this is my favorite scene from the movie <laughs> no, no, I got a better one see how you keep an asshole in suspense you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You're not leaving the party. Are no, you? I'm just going to JT's room. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, now, listen to this one. See, there was this king, and he had three daughters. See, so he told all the people of the land that if you wanted my daughter, I need to talk you... to you, Big Red. Give me a minute. Can't you see I'm talking? No. I need to talk to you right now about my royalties and how you keep your books. My office hours are from nine. Five. Fuck your okay. hours. I need to talk to you right now, motherfucker. His office hours was from nine to five. He made it very clear. <laughs> like, I'm, very clear. I'm gonna need you to make an appointment with my secretary, okay? <laughs> I don't understand what the. I, we're at a party. We're at a party. I'm not talking business at a party. But that had not like written all over it to me. Like that was is that how they was doing? Would you make a man in that day and age sweat out his pinkaways? There's gonna be consequences and repercussions. Do you know how long it took me to get there? It's like, oh nah, now we gotta write. My office hours are from that's a quotable are from nine. Oh, I say that all the time. Like my office hours are from nine to five. <laughs> okay. That's a quotable. Put it on a t-shirt. So this is what I was gonna say when I was bringing it back to, to you and Ebony, see. Back in the day, <laughs> see, well, first of all, because I'm where I'm going with this is Shy Brother, Shy Brother, right? Oh, uh, so uh, oh, I really gotta hear this now all alone because I don't know what y'all used to do at the skating ring or how y'all was making dudes and getting numbers, but it just I'm like, because Shy Brother was one thing, but now we got a sliding in DMs or anything, and I know you're taking now, but back in the skating ring, it was skate 22 days. <laughs> Back in my prime, you know what I'm Back in my prime, I used to roll out, pun intended. You know what I'm saying? Y'all was back. Were you bagging dudes together, or was it like Ebony? I need you to go talk to his friend. You know what? Neither one of us are shy, so uh -huh. that's that's the funny thing. So neither one, like, if anything, it was more so just like if it's a group of dudes walk over there with me, so it's not like awkward. I'm just the only girl over there, but. For the most part, if we saw something and we wanted it, it was like <laughs> roll, bounce, <laughs> like oh, how you going? And like, I can do this now, but but I know you and your husband met on IG too. So how do you slide in DMs? I didn't slide in his DMs. Let's be clear. Okay, I know I said that if I see something, I go after, but he slid in my DMs. <laughs> but um, yes, on the very first day that Instagram launched, direct messages. Like, you, it, it, I don't know if y'all old enough to remember a time when Instagram didn't have direct messages, but when it first came out, when you was checking for somebody, you had to scroll 511 pictures back because you wanted to be like incognito. You ain't want nobody to see what you was talking about. So right. you're going on like they first picture ever trying to be like, hey, mm -hmm. here's my phone number. Because right. you had no other way to contact them unless you knew somebody that knew them. So... 
I had like we were like flirting kind of like he liked my picture put a little hard eye but I wasn't trying to put no hard eye in his pictures because he had other people put little emojis and I was like I'm not about to be the third emoji like what I look like boy bye <laughs> so I just kept it real simple but he would be you know flirting putting his little comments on my page I'm like mm-hmm right, right, right the first day that direct messages came out he sent me a video message of him sitting there with a guitar and I'm like Original, original, original. I'm like, oh my God, right? I'm back in the five heartbeats, right? I can yo woo woo woo. Okay. <laughs> Child, I press play and he was like, that's it. I was like, that was cute. That was cute. Like, all right, like I'ma say hello. That was cute, but you I'm kind of pushed, you ain't seen nothing. But yeah, so that's how it started. Be original. Okay, I, that's what the advice I take from that. Be original. I'm not sliding no DMs, but if they slide in mine, it needs to be original. Right. And just also just be real. Like, you know what I mean? Don't be scared. If you want to slide in somebody's DMs, you already taking a bold step. So you just gotta go all in. Don't don't have step. And that and, and also don't have nobody do your light work. And that's where um duff messed up because you yes, send jt to do your light work and now he left right, with, with circle, right because shy brother right there shy brother it was okay so shy brother is something that jt and duck the brothers in the group did to kind of bad girl so they send one brother over there and say oh my brother's too shy to come over you know let me get your number for him it always worked out until this one time duck sends jt over to talk to the girl and jt winds up Stealing the girl. Yeah, this is a little foreshadowing going on. This is what we call foreshadowing. Okay, for the people that don't know nothing about how to write a film. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because this was already showing you JT's character a little bit and what he was capable of doing. JT was a little girl crazy. He was always looking at the girl, sizing them up. And he was doing some wild things in the film. So yes. he, he was doing whatever it takes to get what he needed to get. Yes. <laughs> what do you think about this, the whole JT Duck storyline in this film? I feel like you you already know what it was when you signed up. Like you knew who your brother was, you know how he rolled, he you know how he get down. So don't don't take your eyes off the prize. Mm -hmm. And you know, in a sense, like I guess when they was in a group and they was coming up together, okay, yeah, you got to stick together. But it comes to a point where I don't care if you friend, family, or foe. Like you done yeah. tried me one too many times, I'm out. You know so. Uh, your brother violated you on the highest level. Like once you became serious with this woman and he really didn't care, like it's plenty of other women out there. Like why her? So right, right. very true. And don't and nobody, she was trifling too. She was all the way trifling. First of all, they was whole they was all married. Okay. It was a whole marriage. And you said I girl. Sure. Anyway, yes. And this film, don't get it wrong, people. This film is star studded. You have Diane Carroll in this film, Troy Byers in here, and Doll. If you don't know from the documentaries, how I found out Whitney Houston was originally going to play Baby Doll. Yes, and I was like, oh, but I feel, I feel, I just feel like everything was perfect. Everything was perfect, right? And certain people, I feel like. That's what I respect about certain films. When they're not pressed to get certain names, they really just want to get the character right. They want to make sure this is the right person. And so watching that documentary and seeing how he went through casting, it was like perfect. It was perfect. It worked out just right. And when you got something personal like that to you, like for him to have written this film and he said, I'm going to direct it and I'm going to put my money behind it. To your point, yes, like I want everybody to be in their role. 
don't matter who this person is because the film is going to do well if it's done well exactly you know what i'm saying but anywho so yes all these people star studded in the film um and kudos to just to robert townsend who i think we really don't give enough credit to robert townsend has made some classics and they don't really get the just do when the film comes out but then later on down the line all great films aren't always oscar worthy and oscar nominated but clearly 20 years later we're still talking about it and enjoying the movie so every time it come on you watch it you see you hit okay i'm gonna watch that because that's how just classic it is and legendary it is and i do think like robin townsend like so talented and for that to only been like his second film the first film he put on but second film he i'm like wow this is this is major what he did there and 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 just how he fought for the film fought for certain things to stay in the film or be the way he wanted them to be it just was like wow like when you have something when you have it it's just no stopping it yes anything else you want to say about this film before we get on the visionary dreamers journey any parts that we didn't hit that you want to talk about? No, I think we covered pretty much. I mean, you know, one of my other favorite parts too, you mentioned Zion Carol real quick. I loved how she slapped the mess out of him at the funeral. As you should, Queen, as you should. Because everybody else let that man play in, in their face. Everybody else let that man play in their face. Like, oh, not. Boy, if you don't go ahead. The slap she gave him was like, first of all, you came up in here disrespecting my late husband? The nerve, the audacity. You become up here disrespecting my Jimmy. Right. And he already and clearly they already knew his history. So they they might have had history. It was implied that they had history before. So it was like, and you wanna come in my face? Talk about some condolences? Condolences to your finger waves, because I'm smacking them off your head. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's a good scene too. I don't think anybody else could have played Big Red. No Mm -hmm. one eddie kane this whole it was perfectly cast which is why like i really do push anybody who brings up the five heartbeats to me i'm like oh my god have you seen the documentary because to know where it came from and how they casted each person and it just worked out when it's meant to be is meant to be and the right people come along and they assist and it's just a perfect capsule of just great tv great black filmmaking i love it so Film, we're going to end this on an inspirational, <laughs> uplifting, uh, bringing on the church. Right. Yes. Wait. Okay. What What could you say right now? We're in December, right? So mm-hmm. we're wrapping out December 2021. Your vision for 2022. To be honest, I'm learning to not focus on having a, just like this big grand vision. I'm learning to try to like live in the moment and and take advantage of the time you have now. Because I feel like far too often, and I just was saying this on my Instagram, far too often people, like November and December is like a wash to people. It's like, oh, January, I'm going to do this. January, I'm going to do that. It's like, you got two months right now. What about right now? My business, I launched my business a couple years back in November. Instead of waiting to January, oh, I'm going to do this big for the new year. No, I'm doing it right now. I launched uh, something new that I'm doing with my business just the other day. Like, I'm learning to take advantage of the time we have now especially in this panasonic yeah yeah this, this panda roast of banana, banana bread we've been in 
And pop up when it wants to, like an old boyfriend. Yes. <laughs> exactly. You know, you got to learn to take advantage of life because tomorrow's not promised. You know, we've seen a lot of people pass away young, um, whether it's terminal illnesses or whatever, like just what what are we learning from the lives that people are living and what are we learning to do differently so that we don't end up in some cases the same like and that's just where i'm at with it not to say you can't manifest not to say you can't think about but sometimes i feel like we get too wrapped up in the future and next yeah or we stuck in the past and we're not taking advantage of the present and as someone who used to like harp on the past a lot or just be like oh i'm gonna do this when this and this like okay what about right now what are we doing right now what you got going on right now mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well you know what i'm reading um will smith's book his book mm -hmm. is out i'm listening to the audiobook i have the hard copy but it's just easier for me in the car like listening to the audiobook and he was talking about laying one brick at a time like his father telling him, it was it's a long story, but his father told him that him and his brother need to build him a wall, a brick wall. And mm. he was like, you know, we nine, 10 years old, like how the heck we gonna build a whole brick wall? He's like, this is gonna take us five years, whatever. And he said, his father said, you need to focus on one brick. Mm. As soon as you start focusing on one brick, mm -hmm. you won't think about the wall. Exactly. And that's, like I said, I'm learning that because I'm a procrastinator, okay? I'm the I'm the I'm the queen of the fan club, okay? Club. And I found that my procrastination was built in me making the task such a big thing in my mind that now I'm scared of what's gonna happen. What about this? What about this? What about that? And you building it up in your head and you ever procrastinate so long about something and you go to do the task and it takes two minutes and you like I could have just Girl, <laughs> sent that email three months ago you know or you procrastinate on something and then somebody else is doing the idea or they went in another direction oh i wish you would have told me you know so i have had too many of those coulda shoulda woulda procrastinating moments and moments where i'm like you really this wasn't even that big of a deal you made it up in your head so yeah. i'm learning to not overthink and make a big wall out of a task or things and just focus on my bricks so i think that was the great analogy that you just gave and i do think a lot of people need to do that more i give that advice all the time when people are trying to like oh how did you start your business how did you do that in dirt i research take one and then i started doing the work because yeah. people don't want to do the work they just want to ask questions you got to you got to do the work at some point no matter how many classes you take no matter how many events you grow empowerment events you go to when are you going to get empowered enough to do the work let me tell you something, okay? Because a lot of people, we're we going to get off the soapbox because we're going to wrap this up in about five minutes. <laughs> okay, because Alicia, I have been in Georgia now 12 years. And I've been working in production now almost eight, nine years. But there has been, I've never even, I don't think I've shared this publicly, but my friends and family know, I have been homeless. I have hmm. been bouncing off couches. I had been not having no hot water and got the heat of the water on the stove and got to take a bath. Come on now. And let me tell you, and quit my job because I just want to pursue this dream and that was stupid, but I'm going to still do it and I'm going to just sleep at the church lady house and she said mm. I can sit for a night mm. close on. in the car. But let me tell you something, all they see right now, oh, all, all they, they see is you interviewing the stars. What's she doing that? Let me tell you something. I'm not like, listen, I've been building relationships for the last 10 years. Mm. Meeting people. How you doing? Let me take your card. Following up. Merry Christmas to you. Hope the family's good. Just 
Let me know if you need anything. I'll come get some coffees. People don't that's see the work. That's the work. And that's the dedication. And, and I think that that's perfect that you brought that up. I, I appreciate you sharing that because not a lot of people, you know, are willing to share their testimonies or how they got to where they're at. And that's what, that's what people don't really want to hear. When they ask you, how do you do this? How you do that? I slept in my car. Oh. Okay, well, I'm going to call you later. Like, no, that's how. You want to know how? Yeah, yeah. I was in the 99 cent store. Yeah, yeah. No, you don't want to hear. Oh, oh, you interviewing such and such? How you? How you? Oh, I met this person about 10 years ago at this film festival, and I kept in touch with him for about 10 years. And then one day he finally said, Hey, I got something for you. 10 years. 10. But you don't want to hear that. You heard the, you hit the nail on the head of dedication because you can't do anything you don't love and think that you're going to see. You got to do something that you love because it never will feel like, I never felt like I was like, tired or I can't do this no more I did it because I just I was passionate like I'm gonna keep reaching out because I just want to talk to this person period like and then one day it led to something but then you just gotta go with what you're passionate about some people everybody want to do this but like what are you really passionate about and stay in your lane and that's part of the work too figuring out what your lane is figuring out what you're passionate about stop looking what everybody else is doing oh everybody's um selling bundles oh everybody is now teaching a course you ain't never even did planned a party successfully for your own birthday but you want to be an event planner like no like stop looking at what everyone else is doing and find get in tune with yourself clear out the noise i said this before when i did an event um with like a scholarship and we were talking to like youth that were getting the scholarships and stuff. And that was just my work. Like find who you are, find your purpose, shut out the outside and the noise and what's popular and what's cute and what's trending and all of that. And once you find that, then you can build on that. It's okay to be inspired. It's okay to be motivated. It's okay to be like, I like what she's doing, but if that's not for you and that's not what you really want and you're not going to be able to dedicate yourself to for 10 years or when the road gets rough and sleep on couches, I've been as well, you know, doing this for 10 years. They're going to tap out. They're going to tap out too early because it wasn't, and that's the big thing too, A, to your your point, like finding out what you're passionate about because when you do and you hit that nail on the head, the doors will open for you. The doors will open for you and you'd be like, oh, walking through this door, walking through that door. But you had to do the work. And and, and and this is the other thing. Um, Like a lot of times, it's nothing wrong with like sparking overnight. It's nothing wrong with that. But most people that have a quick rise mm-hmm. tend to have a quick fall. Uh-huh. And then you're back to square one. Like, I don't even know what to do. Even in business, I give that advice. Like if I gave you a play-by-play of exactly what I do on a daily, how I do it, who I call, email, my vendors, orders, even if I gave you all that, you still wouldn't know what to do with it because you never had to figure out how to get that. You just got it handed in your lap. So now when the going gets tough, you're scrambling because you don't have that know-how or that tough interior dedication to figure it out. Uh, The biggest part of being an entrepreneur or any type of unconventional career path is figuring ish out. Girl. How do I get this person email? Okay, wait, well, let me, you know, I'm sure you know how you probably have figured out how to find people and connect with people. And you, you know, and the, the thing is, when you do figure it out, it'd be the most random-ish, oh, like, all I got to do is do this and make a square and then, the, and nobody could tell me that. 
but but also when you find your niche like when you find out what it is it it usually is a little off the beaten path and you have to figure out your own blueprint anyway you know what i'm saying like if you really tap into what it is you want to do and you know all i've never met a black woman film critic until i wanted to become a black woman film critic and then i need to connect with other oh wait a minute so there are people like in my higgle my tribe right here oh higgle my tribe Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you can't, it's just yes. And you find that out also through failure. Yes. So when you think your lane is going here and you like, now nah, I'm going down this lane and this is what I'm doing and this is how I'm going to do it. And you know, like in the film, and like he talked about in the documentary, how he wanted Denzel to play that role. But it just sitting back thinking about it like that wouldn't have worked. Like, I don't think Denzel could have gave Eddie Kane. Oh, like, so it's good to be dead set on something and know in your heart of hearts that this is how your story is supposed to work out or like he even said in the documentary if you want to you know make god laugh tell me your plan so you can have your plan you can have your blueprint you can have your backing you can have your supporting you can have your resources all of that and things could still not go according to plan so if you don't have that experience in working and doing the work you're gonna crumble when things start to crumble you need that strong foundation there's no shortcuts. Everybody wants a shortcut, and at the end of the day, it's no. Sh- it ain't. It ain't one. There's no mm-hmm. shortcut to success. Do your work. Because when Do- that elevator break down, you are gonna be stuck in it, like, <laughs> and don't know how to fix it. I'm on the stairs with it. <laughs> <laughs> so with that said, yes, please check out. A, I'm sure everybody on here has. I, if you haven't seen the five heartbeats. Go watch the five heartbeats and then make sure do yourself a favor and check out the documentary. I found it on all black. Uh, the yes. streaming platform. Yes, I believe you can maybe rent it on other platforms that have, you know what I mean, the ability to rent or buy, but I found it through All Black as well, so. Okay, yes, check out the documentary if you're a fan of the film. It just gives you some more layers to how it was made. It's so interesting. Um, I pray one day I get to work with Robert Townsend. I'm just going to put that out there just to sit up under him. If I got the shadow one day, it's going to happen. Okay, but, um, I know that's great. Right, and then 2022, uh, in the words of Miss Alicia Johnson, uh, focus on your day and not your year. Come on, come on, come on. (laughs) And on that note, thank you for signing into the She Critiques podcast, everyone. Have a good night. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of She Critiques. I'm your host, Mercedes. You can find me on all platforms at She Critiques. That's C H I C. C-R-I-T-I-Q-U-E-S. And we look forward to the engagement and all the feedback. Take care.